Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. Two things we love about Vegas are the great entertainers and recently the great sports scene, especially hockey. Today, you'll hear from a couple who have a history in both hockey and entertainment, the Baldwins. No, not Alex and his brothers, but Howard and Karen, who have owned and operated a number of pro hockey teams and have produced a number of blockbuster films. The segment will become a regular feature in 2021. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here. Today, Scott shares his thoughts on downtown, which seem to be navigating this difficult time in Vegas quite well. Finally, Brett Maley drops by with a great idea for a stocking stuffer. You ever heard of a power couple? Well, boy, do we have one for you today. You remember Howard Baldwin? He is an entrepreneur, film producer. He also owned hockey teams, uh, been involved in a lot of things. He's back with us today along with his wife, Karen, who started in the field of marketing, got in with the NHL, hosted her own television sports show on the New England Sports Channel ahead of the game, which was the first of its kind because it featured two female hosts. In Hartford, she met her husband, and they moved into the movie world and just have done some incredible things. What it, what it changed from hockey to Hollywood? What brought all that about? Was um, was that something that you guys felt like it was a, a different career? I know you had an opportunity and took it from there. Well, when we first met uh, in Hartford in 85, 86, and, and first of all, Steve, we're thrilled to be on the show with you. And hi to your listeners. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun doing this show. And I think you'll hear a lot of things that, that maybe most people don't hear, but we met in 85, right at the NHL All-Star Game, Karen and I did. And it just so happened to be at a particular point in time where I personally had just delved into the movie production business, having started a, a couple of movies um, from the hip, written by David Kelly, which is a great story, and Billy Galvin, which was really the first movie Karen and I went on the set together. And uh, Karen started working for the NHL All-Star Instead of sneaking down to the locker room to date the players, she snuck into the owner's office and dated me. <laughs> That's a smart move, huh, Karen? <laughs> Go right to the top. Yeah, the gentleman who I reported directly to said to me he was always so impressed because for a young girl, I never once tried to go down into the locker room to see the players. And then he said, then I realized you were running up front to the front office to see Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, again, it's a pleasure to be on the show with you. Thank you so much for having me. And I guess part of the theme of this show is behind every great man, there's a woman rolling her eyes. That would be me. <laughs> well, yeah, there must have been an appeal right off the bat. You know, as somebody who did broadcast and you knew the sports world, there's a lot of intrigue, not just on the ice, but really in, in the front office because it all starts there. Yeah, and this was a big event for Hartford. Um, they had hosted an all-star game when they were in the WHA. This was the first all-star game that, uh, the Whalers had hosted as the NHL Whalers. So it was a big deal, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was a way of bringing 
the people in the community together, but also bringing in a lot of really big hockey names for people to be able to meet and greet and and see during the All-Star event. And Howard, what was your thought? You meet this uh, young broadcaster and so forth, where the sparks immediately? It's really kind of fun because we met initially at an event for the Whalers about three years earlier, where um, Karen was the date of her father because Karen's mother was was out of town. And I was obviously single. And so my daughter, I bought to the event. It was the dinner, the Whalers Waltz dinner. That was the first time we met. And then we didn't meet again till till really the the All Star, when when uh, Bill Barnes, the head of our marketing, came in and introduced me to the young lady that was representing the National Hockey League for All Star festivities to be held in Hartford. And and yeah, the first time I met her, I said, "Whoops, my life is going to change." <laughs> well, you know, was part of that because the All Star game was such an important thing for Hartford at the time, and. There's just a lot of excitement that comes with an all-star game. Was that something where both of you were kind of on the edge of your seat, so that kind of happy stress kind of melded over into their relationship side? I think that's a good point. I mean, we virtually met at work. Since meeting at work, we've worked together um, in various different companies that we've owned and operated um, for now over, well, almost 35 years. Through that 35 years, you've seen them all, and we're going to today talk about celebrities. And I think it's really kind of fun because you guys have seen celebrities not only on the ice, some very famous people, but also in Hollywood, some of the biggest names. And, of course, you've been producing films for a while, and the one people may know you for the the most is the 2004 Oscar-winning film Ray, starring Jamie Foxx. So lead us into life when meeting Jamie Foxx, a very talented guy. When we met Jamie... He wasn't a household name. Let's face it, he had a good TV show, and we knew he had very good comedic instincts, and we knew he, therefore, could mimic well. And we just felt, let's, you know, let's have a meeting with Jamie. And really, it was just Karen and I that first met him. We met him at Creative Artists. I remember when he came into the meeting, and it was one of those meetings where there are a lot of people in the room, and he had a bit of a posse with him. And we said, gosh, I don't know how this is going to translate to Ray and playing Ray Charles. And then the minute he opened his mouth, he just took over the room. He was unbelievable. Jamie was most well known at the time for um, being a comedian on In Living Color. And in fairness to Howard, Howard said, you know, he has the right shape of the face and he's, he's such a gifted comedian. I bet he would be a great mimic. I bet, you know, he'd be a good candidate. And he wasn't really considered at that point, you know, a leading male actor. Um, but we took the meeting, as Howard said, and when he came into the meeting room, he's very charismatic and he's very quick on his feet and he's very funny. And the first thing he said is, well, of course, you all know that I'm a concert pianist. So, of course, everybody laughed, thinking it's a punchline to something. And he said, no, I seriously am a concert pianist. <laughs> so we went from not really being sure to being like, oh, my God, not only can he play Ray, but he can actually do the playing of the music and believably play the piano. So, I mean, it was it was really one of those special moments where you know this was meant to be. Well, and Ray Charles is such a uh, – everybody knows who he is. So it's really kind of – you got to have some special skills. And I understand you actually did something to uh, authenticate the blindness of Ray Charles. So uh, Jamie really did some things where he knew what that was like. When Jamie first met Ray and Ray's family – 
some of Ray's children um, were in the meeting as well. And the children, Jamie came to the meeting like Ray in his Ray persona. And the children were so confused. They were calling Jamie dad and they were calling Ray Jamie. And <laughs> it, it was a very, as Karen said, it was, a, it was on a Sunday. And it was for sort of a meet and greet for everybody to have the excitement of meeting Ray Charles. And actually, the meeting of Ray Charles is fun because we went over there on a Sunday when we first met him. And our partner was Phil Anshu. And this movie never would have been made without Phil because he wrote out a check for the movie. And, and it was an extraordinary thing he did. And he said that, you know, he wanted to meet Ray. Uh, so it was a Sunday morning and we went down to the studio and there's nothing fancy about it, but you had to go up a fire escape to go in the door and you hear somebody come down the hall and the door opens and it's completely dark in the hallway and it's, it's Ray meeting us. And I'm thinking to Phil, how the heck are we going to get down this hallway? And how was he going to get down? We realized, wait a minute, he doesn't see anything anyway. So we're going to just follow him and we'll get there. <laughs> and that's exact and that's exactly what happened. More with Howard and Karen Baldwin in just a few moments. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps and our great new show Sports Rock and Tours online. For the best in Vegas, it's vegasneversleeps.com. For great sports interviews, go to sports plural sportsracx.com. That's sportsracx.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together, and we can get through this. Learn more at ElementalResearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home, and I've got just the place to help you do that. Place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. 
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Howard and Karen Baldwin, who have produced films such as the Academy Award-nominated Ray, Howard-owned hockey teams, including the 1992 Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. Karen has worked as both a broadcaster and an actress. What you say? So for all intents and purposes, Ray was able to see the movie uh, before he passed away, which meant a lot to everybody. Karen, I heard that also Jamie wore uh, prosthetics over his eyes. And so the first time he actually saw the movie was the first time he actually saw it. Yes. Yeah. And and he's remarkable in that regard. I mean, he's become um, a quality top level actor and he really wanted to do that to have the truth in the performance of somebody that, you know, was sight impaired. Jamie's not the only person you've met by any means. You guys have been around, uh, you name it. I mean, anybody that goes to the Academy Awards, of course, is going to know a lot of people. But I'd like to just have you talk about a few of them. Uh, Tom Cruise, a pretty special guy, I would imagine. He's a great guy. And we met him when we were going, when we were doing the movie Sahara. Mm -hmm. And he was then with Penelope Cruise. And Penelope the agency reached out and said that she would love to play the role in the movie of Dr. Eva Rojas, which was a Spanish-speaking doctor. And we said, great, let's take a meeting. We took a meeting with Penelope, who is just a lovely girl. We had a great 45-minute meeting, a one-hour meeting at the Peninsula Hotel, and, uh, and said, look, we'd love to have you do the movie, blah, blah, blah. He said, well... Actually, the person I am with right now read the script, and he really likes it, too. So we were like, oh, well, that's nice. And he said, no, I mean, he really likes it. So we were like, okay. So we actually went through a period of time where um, we talked to Tom about playing the role that eventually Matthew McConaughey played. Um, and, And basically, a lot of it comes down to timing and other commitments. And it wound up not working out with Tom Cruise, but we did have Penelope. And ultimately, we had Penelope and Matthew McConaughey, and both subsequent to Sahara um, won Academy Awards within the next couple of years. So that was pretty fun. When you meet people like Tom Cruise and so forth, even if you don't work with them like you didn't there, is that somebody that you can now you've set up a relationship and you can go back as new opportunities show up? Well, sure. In most cases now, it's not, you know, the one thing you will never get from us is the usual Hollywood BS. So to say that we were buddy-buddy with Tom isn't appropriate. But do we know him? If he walked in a room, would, he, would we be able to say, hi, how are you, that kind of thing? Of course. Um, and some we know closer than others. But there's a protocol you always try to follow here. And, and the protocol being if you have a script and, and that you want a certain actor, you follow the protocol. You may make the actor aware of it. This is what Karen does, and she does beautifully. But you you make sure you lead with the agent and the manager so nobody gets their nose out of whack. More with Howard and Karen Baldwin in just a few moments. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Downtown Las Vegas has always been an afterthought when compared to the Strip. But these days, it's downtown that's getting attention. Well, I understand the Strip is not going to have New Year's Eve's fireworks, which they're famous for, but 
the plaza is going to go ahead and do it. Now, is it, number one, if that's true, and if so, is this kind of beginning that downtown is sort of being the place to be, at least for the people that, that are the regulars now before they start coming back internationally? Yeah, I mean, downtown has, has benefited in some ways, uh, even during during a difficult time, because uh, downtown is not really dependent on convention business. If you, if you go somewhere like Venetian or or any of these big hotels, uh, Wynn and Encore, they're, they are being brutalized uh, by the just virtually zero convention business. Downtown is not really, uh, not a lot of... Uh, of their financial well-being is is riding on conventions. So, um, you know, that helps. It was very strange. To see, yeah, I mean, it was very strange that the Plaza decided to do fireworks when clearly the the strip fireworks were nixed because of the concern for crowds. There's still going to be crowds uh, at the Plaza. It remains to be seen if they actually get to do it. Uh, I think they liked being contrary, and they really, really liked being the only one saying they're going to do fireworks. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, that it kind of speaks to this downtown attitude, and certainly Derek Stevens has it, of like, I'm doing it in spite of, uh, you know, what you might think, the assumption you might make. The assumption might be, we're going to push this back. Like Virgin uh, Hotel pushed back its opening schedule because they didn't want to open in the middle of, of, you know, the pandemic. So they're they're into next year. Uh, Resorts World obviously has been putting things off Um but Derek Stevens like, yep, we're opening clauses. Yep, we're doing fireworks. There's still a lot going on downtown. You're not going to see a live band on the stage. But uh, they just did a new uh, Shakira light show. So they're, you know, they're still interested in people coming down. They're, I heard that thing is great. Is it is yeah. it as good as I hear? Because uh, Shakira, people seem to love it, and I guess that those light shows are just incredible now. Yeah, I mean, they uh, those shows have always been very popular. They're they're the main reason people go downtown. About seventy percent of people say they went downtown to see the the video screen at Fremont Street Experience. Uh, full disclosure: I used to work there till uh, till recently, but uh, they when they renovated the screen, it just took everything to the next level. A lot of those legacy shows were not actually designed for the new screen to really take advantage of the new resolution. But a show like Shakira's was built for this resolution. And the way I described it in my blog post was they just threw everything at the screen. You've got horses and butterflies and ocean scenes and <laughs> deserts and a little Shakira in the mix, too. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a it's uh, a good promotion for Shakira. It's something new that downtown can talk about. But seeing it on that new screen is just uh, it's just eye popping. And it's the colors are so vivid. Uh, for a long time, they couldn't show any entertainment on the screen during the day because it was just it was so faded. But now they can uh, run this entertainment twenty four seven. So even if you go down during the day, you can still see these shows. Uh, and the light shows are all scheduled. Uh, Shakira's I think is at ten o'clock at night, but they happen pretty much every hour on the top of the hour. And then they've got kind of their showpiece. Uh, called mixology which is just it really is just a visual spectacle it's i would equate it to kind of like uh it's the bellagio fountains for downtown it's just this holy cow you it's overwhelming uh so i was involved in making that happen so i feel like i have my thumbprint on it but uh i i still even as a lay person would enjoy it and it still is one of the best free attractions in las vegas 
come down, check out the show. You're outside. So if you're a little nervous about uh, the COVID, you're still at an outside venue. Uh, so you can enjoy yourself and have a cocktail outdoors. Uh, for a lot of people, they're, they're a lot more comfortable with an out, outdoor attraction. Thanks, Scott. Visit VitalVegas.com every day for the very best in Las Vegas news. Listeners are enjoying our new show, Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. If you can't get it on the dial, you can hear it online. Go to Sports, Portal, that's SportsRACX.com. That's SportsRACX.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Hey, I'm Michael Shapiro from Reckless in Vegas, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. Place to go is baseball cards and bobbleheads, where they are always buying. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call baseball cards and bobbleheads at 310 310- Five three four four one eight zero, or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is three one zero five three four four one eight zero. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with Howard and Karen Baldwin, who have both owned a number of ice hockey teams and produced award-winning motion pictures. Georgia, Georgia. The whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. But the bottom line, it's going to come to what's what the written word is and what the character is and how it's written and portrayed. If they also like you as a producer or as a person, but that's not reason enough for them to want to do a movie, nor should it be. You've done some work in front of the screen, you know, in front of uh, on stage and so forth. So you understand this business. Does that kind of give you a little bit of an edge too, talking to some of these people and in that, you know, at least you understand the concerns and the things that are important and so forth? Yes. I think initially when we first came out here, I did a lot of acting. I took a lot of acting courses, classes, had an agent and, and a manager so I know sort of how that whole scenario works, and I know it's a very tough business. So I also know some of the sensibilities and sensitivities of an actor and what it's like to have to go in cold to a meeting and, and to read and to audition for something. So I think all of that experience behind my belt probably helps me be more understanding and sympathetic and therefore be able to be a more effective producer because I, I know some of the pitfalls and I know some of the things that are important to people. And if you make a little extra effort on those things, it goes a long way. You know, they're not just actors and actresses because I read where one of the persons you were most impressed with was Ray Bradbury, the famous science fiction yeah. author. Talk a little about Bradbury, if you would. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved Ray Bradbury. He was a genius, an incredible mind. So even, I mean, I knew him when he was in his 80s and 90s. And this was a young man at heart. He was a very 
modern thinker. Every day he would wake up and he'd write, you know, up until the day that he passed away and he was in his 90s. And he always had a unique take on things and wanted to stay engaged and stay current and stay relevant. And one of the funny things, we, we developed a project called Sound of Thunder. It was based on his famous short story, A Sound of Thunder. And when we were negotiating the deal, in the meeting, he said that he would like the rights for Mars. And everyone laughed. And he said, I'm dead serious. He's like, do you think anybody would have thought the Internet was what it was? You know, however many years ago, there was no Internet. He said, I'm telling you, we'll be on Mars before you know it. He's a wonderful guy. That's great. He, he, he was a special guy. And I'll just chime in. He he loved Karen. And, and uh he would always reach out to Karen and he'd say, come on over. And just before we're ready to head over to his house, he'd call and say, now stop at Big Macs and get whatever they have, the double walk, double whatever they are. And he said, put it in a little back because they wouldn't let him eat that. You know, we had to sneak it into him in his living room at Big Mac. <laughs> so he was a treasured human being. Before we go, let's talk about some of the people you met on the ice. Because, I mean, you're talking about hockey royalty here. Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mario Lemieux. Was there anybody that particularly stood out to you as somebody that you, you knew was great on the ice, but they were just fantastic people? Well, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, Steve, it's a great question. It, I don't think there's ever been a hockey player that I personally have met that I haven't liked. They're just a great group of guys. Now, I've been blessed because, look, we went down two years ago when they had the top 100 players here in L.A., and Karen and I sat there and watched these decades because I touched all five decades. <laughs> but obviously, when when you have the privilege of knowing and being close with a Gordie Howe, I mean, that's just amazing. And Mario Lemieux and and not as close, but know him well, Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. And then you get some that, that frankly, aren't as well-known. Luke Robitaille. Well, Luke's pretty well-known, but he's, yeah. he's just an extraordinary guy. Mm -hmm. So For me, it was meeting the first time that I met Phil Esposito. Yeah. I got a big kick out of that because he's, he is a larger-than-life personality. You know, he's a very charismatic guy, very affable guy. Um, I also got a huge kick out of meeting Yager, Yarmir Yager, for the first time. Right. He, and he did not speak English, but you didn't have to, he didn't have to understand what you were saying. You didn't have to understand him. He just had a joy about being able to be on the team and playing. We loved Yagi. You're right. He, he, Yagi, to this day, and we haven't seen him in a while, but he's like a man child. He really was. And when we, sometimes when the players are, come out this way, they would, we'd take them out to dinner, right? So when we lived in the Hollywood Hills, we lived literally right next door to Madonna. In fact, the house we lived in sold to Leonardo DiCaprio. And then they played basketball early in the morning, which was Madonna's house. He took her house down and they built a basketball court. <laughs> when we lived next to Madonna, we had, we had dinner with Yagi at the Palm. And then we took him up to the house and he had then the, it was those bigger video cams he didn't have these phones. and the the guard that that watched the driveway which is right next to ours a great guy and a hockey fan she was away 
So he said, come on, I'll give you a tour of the house. So I think that might have been one of the highlights of Yagi. He went in with this video camera. <laughs> pictures of the whole house. He had a black. Well, I got to ask you one more question. Karen, specifically aimed at you, your young days, you're a PR person, then you're doing television and so forth. Now, I know hockey players. I used to announce minor league hockey a long time ago. And did you run into any kind of crazy guys? Because there were some people there that were, they all were nice, like you say, but they could be a little crazy. Do you have anybody that kind of intimidated you? Like, I don't want this person going a little crazy with me here. No, actually. I mean, I, there there was one example of an athlete that when I, I actually was working for a basketball team before I graduated from college, a friend of mine went to Georgetown and I visited that friend at Georgetown and met Patrick Ewing. And when Patrick Ewing met me, he made sort of a sound of an animal that absolutely frightened me. <laughs> that was the only time I was ever actually. Well, the other, well you got to remember, and, and in fact, this was with another person that does a show with you all, and a good friend of ours, Upton Bell. We were doing an Upton Bell show. We were doing a show, and Karen was part of the show. And the football player, who was it, John Matusak, a huge guy. <laughs> and you can see right away he's going to put the hit on Karen, okay? <laughs> and I like to think I'm pretty strong or whatever, but I said, there's no way. <laughs> so, But I had my cousin who worked for us, Taylor Baldwin, a wonderful man, who's seven feet and about 250 pounds. And I said, Taylor go on down there and just sort of put your arm around John and say, hey, there's certain things that are off limits here. And that he did. <laughs> yeah, but too, Zach, you don't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> I've seen that. That You don't want that. Howard and Karen, what a great what a great little run through memory lane here. And we kind of feel like we know some of these celebrities. I know there's a lot more people you've dealt with and we'll be talking with you about them over the months ahead. Thanks so much for being with us today. Look forward to our next meeting forward to it. Thank you. We're excited. Each week, our new show, Sports Rockin' Tours, follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. Now, if your station doesn't carry it, here are two things you can do. First, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rockin' Tours. Secondly, go to sports, that's plural, sportsracx.com. That's sportsracx.com, where you can hear this week's show as well as shows from the past. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. 
training.epsilonxr.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. It's Christmas time, time for friends to get together. Great friend of the show is Brett Mealy, art appraiser from Pawn Stars. If you're like me, you're always trying to find that perfect Christmas gift. Now, I'm not talking about the big giant gift, you know, the TV set or what have you for the family. I'm talking about that stocking stuffer that people just love and it's unexpected. And I've got one for you from our good friend, Brett Mealy over at Art Encounter. Brett has written a book and it's a great book. It's called... The Pocket Picker for Fine Art. And that might not give you the idea of how really interesting a book this is. Brett, of course, you know him. He's a regular on our show. He's a regular on the show Pawn Stars, which everybody watches. And he's the art appraiser, again, over at Art Encounter. Well, Brett, what a great book. What made you decide to do this? Because it's a book that you don't expect to find a nice little easy read. And yet you've kind of been able to condense all that learning that you have into a pretty brief book. Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. And yes, um, you know, it all kind of stems from the Pawn Stars to a degree because, you know, going on that show, um, you know, I, I got a lot of exposure and I got a lot of people coming to me asking me advice, asking for my opinion on artworks and things like that. And I noticed people were making a lot of the same mistakes, a lot of the same assumptions. And, you know, the reason I wrote the book was to kind of put it in one concise, condensed, almost like a field manual to where people that are interested in art or in procuring it at auction or even going to estate sales or even garage sales kind of have a handy reference that explains what an etching is, that talks about the differences between the media, what gives art value, what takes it away, and not... You know, and kind of go down to a bare bones approach because art. A lot of people are intimidated by art. Uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of subtlety to it. So the pocket picker kind of senses, you know, is 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 designed to condense all that to kind of one handy dandy guide and make it kind of fun. Make it to where it's an easy read and uh, is helpful in a lot of different uh, levels and a lot of different markets. Well, it's not just a book for beginners, although it's great if you just want to get into art and haven't thought about it. It's a great way to start. But my wife loves art. It's been a collector for years. And I got her the book, and she sat there, read it like in a night, and she goes, this is great. And the best part is you can keep it around. It's a great reference for when you want to do this. I mean, it's really wonderful for those trips to a gallery. 
Sure, and it, it is like you know your wife. She was able to read it in one night. I mean, it's I think it's about 150 pages, so it's not intimidating, uh, and it's something that you can, like you say, you can put in your pocket. And uh, you can pull out and say, hey, is that an etching? And what are the signs? You know, you can pull it out and you can, you know, on page, you know, whatever, it'll say, okay, here's what to look for. Here's how you tell an etching from a lithograph, from a stone lithograph, from a intaglio. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I say, it kind of uh, diffuses art and all the intimidating aspects of it to kind of a handy-dandy, concise manual. <laughs> you know, I, what I think it does is it kind of motivates you, too, to – not be afraid of an auction or an estate sale. You know, I got a lot of people that came to me, you know, that uh, had been to estate sales, garage sales, auctions. And, you know, again, like you say, a lot of there's a lot of intimidation there, especially if you don't know some of the terminology uh, that's used in the art world. And, and uh, you know, it, it can be intimidating. And a lot of times people get burned or, or, you know, even worse, they just don't participate in any of those things because they're afraid they might get burned. So... Uh, again, the, the nice thing about the art world is, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the the media and the terminology and things like that have been around for, you know, hundreds of years. So uh, once you know it, and like I say, once you kind of have a handy dandy manual, you can you can reference. Uh, it, it cuts through a lot of that, and and it's not as intimidating, and it's something, you know, that uh, you can kind of step into waters that maybe you're not, you know, 100% sure of, but uh, have a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, uh, comfort and a little bit more, uh, you know, confidence uh, having, you know, the pocket picker by your side. Yeah. And what I like about it, too, is it takes away that fear. A lot of people are afraid of art. It's funny because why would they be afraid of something like that? But they are. They don't want to make the wrong decision or they don't want to appear like they don't know what they're talking about. Well, right. in, in a very nice way, you teach people you can feel comfortable there. That's right. That's right. And I try to do it with a little bit of humor, a little bit of whimsy. And uh, because again, you know, art, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think of stuffy galleries and, you know, stuffy, pompous, you know, uh, salesmen and, and that type of thing. And, but art really is fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's, it's, it's a joyous uh, thing. And it's all about beauty and, you know, that type of thing. And so it should be, again, I think a a little bit whimsical, a little bit, uh, a little bit humorous, and I try to imbue uh, the pocket picker with that. And, uh, you know, I'm always a, a purveyor of puns and things. So there's there's a lot of those in there, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does make it fun. All of us Santas out here, Brett, are saying, OK, great. I'm convinced. How do we get it? Because it's getting that time. Sure. And uh, right now uh, it's available. It's available through a, a lot of different outlets, including Amazon. But right now we are uh, having a special through our website, which is uh, www.artencounter.com. If you go to the website, there's a direct link to the pocket picker. And right now through the holidays, we're offering signed copies. Um, any copy that you order is going to be signed, complimentary, even personalized, uh, free of charge. That is great, and you know, there's nothing like showing that off because everybody's a Pawn Star fan. <laughs> they all know who Brett Maley is, so I think that's that's really a, a fun thing. Finally, Art Encounter, another place that's really good for some shopping. Things like, especially if you're in the Las Vegas area, you want to do some framing or something. It's a, kind of a nice, unique gift to give to somebody, maybe to take a piece of art and really bump it up a little bit. And you guys certainly do that in your framing department. You know. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Stephen. Yes, our framing, we, we're starting to do a lot more for the holidays, people framing keepsakes or, or, or you know, things, you know, uh, 
that have been part of the, their family's heritage. You can do a lot more uh, now than you used to be able to. We can do shadow boxes. We can mount things. We can do all sorts of you know, um, displays with double, triple matting that really takes whatever keepsake you have, you know, be it a, you know, a medal or a trophy or, a, you know, that signed baseball and really turn it into a showpiece. And uh, yeah, we, we we can do that. We're, we're uh, you know, that's something we offer for Christmas right now. We're still taking orders prior to Christmas to get things done. So yes. And, and then on the art side, you know, again, people know us for having high end art, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, you know you know five six figures. We have a lot of very nice collectible pieces, you know, starting in the hundreds to to, to low thousands by you know uh, masters uh, like Chagall, Picasso, Salvador Dali, named artists that you know you can kind of get you know your start in uh, with a signed print or, or things, and then hopefully you know build from there. But yeah, art makes a, a great gift. It really does. And the book, The uh, Pocket Picker for Fine Art, goes right <laughs> along with it. Brett, thanks a lot. Look forward to talking with you all through next year about the best of art, and it's all at Art Encounter. Stephen, happy holidays to you and your listeners, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. In the next hour, you'll hear another edition of Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to sports, that's plural, sportsracx.com. That's sports. RACX.com. You can hear this week's show as well as archived interviews with sports legends. And please follow both shows on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.